welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, amen, amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. We're going to continue on from where we sort of left off last week, and that's, uh, if you were here with us last week, last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, which is the day the Holy Spirit fell, that God sent the Holy Spirit down, and the modern church was birthed, um, and that is 50 days after Passover, and we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 37, and today we're going to talk for just a few minutes about what church is supposed to look like. Not what church looks like now, not what preconceived ideas you have about church or what you think church looks like. Does anybody here have friends or family that doesn't go to church? When you talk to them about church, they're like, oh, I have these ideas. I know what you do there. I know what it looks like. I was having a conversation with our son the other day, and he was telling me, I love, because I'm a pastor, I love hearing people's preconceived ideas about churches. Um, one of them was Josiah was, our son Josiah was telling me that he was talking to a friend at the gym, and a friend of the gym was like, well, churches don't pay taxes. You don't have to, pastors don't pay taxes, and like all these things. And, and it's like, you know, people just have these preconceived ideas of what they think church is and what happens. And a lot of times, like, maybe they're based in some truth, but they're just way off on the rest of the facts. And so we're going to talk today for a few minutes about what church is supposed to look like, what the Lord desires church to look like. Because everything we do, we want it to be what God wants, right? Well, we're together on that. Me and you are, me and you are on the same page. <laughs> maybe, maybe bring your chair up here and we can talk together about this. Uh, let me say that again. We, everything we do, we want to do the way the Lord wants, right? Am I, preaching, am I preaching to some believers here? Okay, just as long as we're on the same page. Because if we don't have that foundational agreement, we need to go talk about some other stuff. But as long as we agree and we understand that, that our life is no longer our own, once you get saved and you give your life to Jesus and he becomes your Lord and Savior, then the Bible says that he is your master, for lack of a better term, and we should do whatever our master, our Lord, and our Savior says, right? And there is a difference between Lord and Savior. I haven't even got to my notes yet. This is just all freestyle. It just doesn't rhyme. Like if I was rapping freestyle, it would rhyme. This doesn't rhyme. There's a big difference between Lord and Savior. And a lot of us are okay with Jesus being our Savior, but a lot of us are not really okay with him being our Lord. Savior is somebody who saves you, and we're, we're, we're so thankful that Jesus saved us from, from death. We're so thankful that Jesus saved us from hell. We're so thankful that Jesus took our sicknesses in his body on the cross, right? Amen. Yeah, we're good with that part. It's the Lord part where we say, uh, you're the boss, you're in charge, you're in control, um, your kingdom come and your will be done both in me and through me, whatever that looks like, even if it doesn't line up with my own desires, my own thoughts. And that's where a lot of us stumble at. I don't know why I'm talking about that. Apparently somebody needed to hear that this morning. But we're going to talk about today what the church is supposed to look like. So go to Acts chapter 2. You're probably already there. You've probably already read the whole chapter in this time that I've been talking But Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 37. I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. Verse 37 says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, 
And they said to him and the other disciples, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replies, each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So this is part of what we just did. We just did those baptisms outside. People, when you, when you accept Jesus into your life, sometimes people think um, that baptism is like an old-timey tradition, that I don't need to do baptism. That's, that's old-school Pentecostal stuff. That's old-school, like, in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s. That's when people got baptized. No, in fact, we talked about this. We, we do a baptism class before baptism so that everybody knows what's going on. And some of the last words that Jesus said to his disciples before he went to heaven, his last words were, go into all the world and baptize everybody in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So obviously, baptism was important to Jesus. Don't forget about baptism. If you have not been baptized, then come and talk to us, and we'll make a way for you to be baptized, because it's, it's part of your initiation into the body of Christ, into the fellowship of the community of Christ. It's important for you to take that that uh, outward expression of an inner change that has happened inside of you. I'll tell you what, guys, I am just like all over the place off my notes today, and I'm okay with it. So he says, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then when you do that, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a really long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now it goes on in verse 42. Now, I want, I want you to know before we jump into this, this is a really good picture. This may be one of the best pictures for us. These next few verses may be one of the best pictures for us to understand what the Lord desires real church to look like. Okay? So before we jump in these verses, you need to know because the Holy Spirit fell Right? Jesus said, it's better for you that I go to heaven so that my Father can send the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus said, go and wait until my Father sends the promise, which is the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell, and the modern church, the church as we know it, was born and birthed. And so we're about to look and see what the church looked like when it was birthed and born. And if you want to know what anything looks like or what it should like or what it's intended looked and use is, then just go back to the beginning. So here we are in verse 42, and it says this. All, everybody say all. all. Say all like you really mean it. Say all. All, all the believers devoted. Say devoted. devoted. No, now say devoted like you mean it. They devoted. 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 All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Now we're going to camp on this verse for a few minutes. I'm going to show you what these words mean, so that we understand what church is supposed to look like. All the believers devoted themselves. Last week, if you were at church with us, I spent a few minutes talking about, can you imagine what church would look like if we all got on the same page? And we all said, this is why we're here. This is our goal. This is our purpose. This is our desire. Well, you see, first and foremost right here, the first thing, the first thing you see is this, all the believers were devoted all the believers, everybody who was there together was devoted. Now, what is that word devoted? Oh, that's a great question. I'm really glad you asked. We're going to look at that word together. So the word devoted means this. 
We're going to put it up here. It's uh, proskaterio, and it means to endure, to tarry, which is a fancy way of saying waiting, uh, remain somewhere, to continue steadfastly with someone, to cleave. Now, that's a good word, cleave. To cleave faithfully to someone, referring to those who continually insist on something or stay close to someone. This is what devoted. When it says all the believers were devoted, when, the, when they wrote this down, when Luke wrote the book of Acts, this is the Greek word. He said, this is the image, this is the picture that I want you to have about being devoted to the church, to Christ, to the body of believers. Devoted means someone referring to those who continually insist on something or staying close to someone. That's what devotion is. And he says, all the believers, all the believers, all those. Now listen, you're like, what is a believer? A believer is somebody who believes in Jesus Christ. And we just use the word believer to refer to those people in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. Luke says, all the believers felt like this. All of them, all together, with one heart, with one purpose, with one desire. They were devoted and said, this is what we're about. I'm setting my heart, I'm setting my mind, I'm setting my affections on this. Let's come together. And then it says, what were they devoted in? That's what we're going to talk about. And the first thing it says, there's four things that are listed in this verse that we're going to look at. And the first thing it says is that were, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The New King James says uh, the doctrine. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Listen. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about God putting the members of the body where he wants them. Do you guys know this passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 12? It's talking about God, the different members in the body. It's talking about how Jacob has a gift, and Josiah has a gift, and Chad has a gift, and Ruth has a gift, and I've got a gift, and everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a different gift. And 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about how all those different gifts work together. And verse 18 says this, that God puts the members in the body where he wants them. Now, we here at Hope City firmly believe this. I want you to listen to me. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. We believe that there is a gift on side, inside each and every one of you, that God has put something here. And we believe that God calls people to certain houses because there are gifts that are needed in each group, in each church, in each belonging. There's, there's things that Jacob has, there's things that I have, there's things that Pastor Jenny has, there's things that Maddie has, there's things that Darlene has. And the body, this body, needs those people. But if God puts you in a place, it's a two-way street, You're there to use your gift, but you're also there to receive something. That's right. That's right. You're there to use your gift, but you're also there to receive something. Listen, listen to me. Church is not just a social club. If you want a social club, you can find those anywhere. Go join the Lions Club. That's still a thing, isn't it? They, that's a thing, right? Lions Club, that's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> There's, you, you, you can go, go, go get a red hat and join those red hat ladies. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the red hat ladies? I don't know what they do besides wear red hats. But they travel around the world, as far as I understand, wearing red hats. If that's what you're looking... Hey, and those are great things. 
No, but I'm not against those things. If that's what you're looking for, go, go find a social club. Go hang out. Go make friends. But I just want to tell you, that's not what church is. We don't come to church just for friends. You can get friends anywhere. You can go to Facebook and find friends. Friends. Mm. This guy I met one time, and we're friends now. They devoted themselves to four things. And the first thing was, was the apostles' teaching. Now, I said that in 1 Corinthians, it talks about God puts the members in the body where he wants them. So if God called you to Hope City Church, it's for a twofold purpose. Number one, it's for you to fill a spot, for you to use your gifts, for you to grow, but also for you to receive the words that the Lord speaks to us through our house, through me, your pastor, through Pastor Jenny, through other guest speakers that we have and come in. And the Bible says that they devoted themselves to these teachings. Oh. <laughs> so when you come to church, if you call Hope City Church your home, you need to devote yourself to the messages and the words that the Lord is speaking. Listen, it's not me speaking to you. We believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking through me to you. And so you need to devote yourself to hearing what those words are, to growing in your faith, because there's things inside of Tori that the Spirit of God wants to address and talk about and help her grow and help her change and help her be transformed and, re and made more into his image. And that comes through reading the word. It comes through hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. So when we come together to church, we are all together devoted to some things. And one of those things, the first thing he says they were devoted to was the teaching of the apostles. So if you come to Hope City Church, now listen, you're like, this guy is just telling me that I have to listen to everything he says. This guy is like really full of himself. What's happening here? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not full of myself. I just know who God's called me to be. I know the role that God's put me in. I know the position that God has placed me in. And so I know that there are things that the Lord is saying through me that you need to hear if this is what your home is. And we have to be devoted to those things. So when you miss church, you don't just skip church and be like, uh, uh, I'll go when I go. Or I'll, maybe I'll listen to the message that I missed. No, you got to devote yourself. And I want to challenge you on this. Something has happened through COVID where church has become casual. Casual in the sense where you go when you feel like it. That may be once a month, maybe once every six weeks, that may be twice a month. I want to challenge you on something. Church should not be casual where you go when it's convenient for you, when you go when it works with your schedule, or if something better comes up, you just choose to go somewhere else. Church should be something that you are devoted to where you go and hear the word of God, where you are challenged and transformed in the presence of God. Amen. So I want to challenge you with this. If you call Hope City Church your home, I want to challenge you to come to church every service. Come on. <laughs> I want to challenge you I'm here every service. You're like, yeah, but it's your job. Ah, listen, even when it's not my job, I'm at church every time the doors are open. Why? Because I want to be in the presence of God. Because I am devoted to Jesus Christ. And so I want to go and be where he's at. I want to go and be in his presence. So I want to challenge you. If you call Hope City Church your home, or wherever you go to church, maybe you're here visiting today, you have your own home church, great. I want to challenge you, go to church. Whenever those doors are open, devote yourself to being in the presence of God. Devote yourself to hearing your pastor's teaching because God is wanting to speak to you through those words and transform you and change you and do something through you. So then it goes on and says, 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now, you could think that fellowship and sharing in meals are like, you're like, this is the same thing. And that's because for us, we have put these two words together. We think fellowship and eating are the same thing. You're like, well, isn't, isn't eating just fellowship? Uh, yeah, you can have fellowship while you're eating, but in this context, these are two very different things. And I love this description of this word. This word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, okay? And I'm going to put it up here for you. No, don't put it up yet. Oh, it's too late, whatever. Um, I, love, I love this. I love this explanation. And I, you've probably, have you all read it already? Okay, okay. Just don't look at the screen. Don't look at the screen. There's a word in here, in this explanation. There's a word in this definition that you're going to see. If you haven't seen it already, you're going to read it. And you're going to be like, what is talking? I think this is the best definition of fellowship. So he says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and they devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship is not just hanging out. You hear me? Fellowship is not palling around with your friends. Fellowship is not, I come to church so I can see my best friend, so I can sit with my best friend, and so mostly that we can go out and hang out after church together and go get our favorite food. That's not what fellowship is. Fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, and it means this, partnership. That is participation. Yeah, participation. You know, back to 1 Corinthians 12, how each one of us has a gift. Right? And God's place us in the body so that we can use our gift. First Peter 4, verse 10 says, Each one of us has a gift. Use your gift to serve the body well. Yeah. Right? So participation. Now here's a, here's a big word: pecuniary benefaction. Yeah. Pecuniary just means financial, means money. And benefaction it means when you're giving. So it says, koinonia is partnership, participation, giving of your money. To others, to each other, to the Lord, for the Lord's work, giving of your money. Communicate, communication, communion, contribution, distribution, fellowship, and social intercourse. Wow. <laughs> Say it again. Never heard those two words together before. <laughs> When I was looking at this definition yesterday, I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the clip that's going online this week. Social intercourse. Okay, you're like, what is social intercourse? Well, if we just stop and think not too far or not too long, but intercourse is what? Intimacy, right? vulnerability, intimacy, closeness. Here, this word social intercourse means that you are living in proximity and closeness to other people where they see you at their weakest, at their lowest, in their vulnerability, where they see you in that way. This is what fellowship is. Fellowship isn't hanging out and getting a drink. Fellowship is social intercourse. Vulnerability, intimacy on a whole other level. This is what he says. He said, they devoted themselves. 
consistently insisting on these things. They insisted consistently on being in fellowship. They said, this is why we're here. I'm going to be real and I'm going to be vulnerable and you're going to see into my life and I'm going to see into your life and we're going to work through these frustrations and these complications and we're going to participate. Man, I love the word participation. As a pastor, I love the word participation. It means everybody gets to do their part. Everybody gets to get involved and do things together and work them all out. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You got to go back to the drawing board sometimes. But it's fun because we're all involved together. Social intercourse. That's all you're going to remember from today, isn't it? I don't blame you. It's a pretty good word. Then it says meals. It says they devoted themselves to meals, including the Lord's Supper which we call communion, right? And these meals, now, yes, these were meals. Okay, now, now he's talking about food. He's talking about sitting down together, like me and Chad going out and having a meal together and sitting down. But here's the thing. In this context, in this day and age, listen, when you read the Word of God, sometimes you got to realize that these things were written thousands of years ago. And so you got to put the society and the culture into that to figure out what they're talking about. When these people sat down for a meal, it wasn't just like, oh, man, how's it going? Like, what's up? Like, I love this, I love this artichoke dip. I hate artichoke dip, but let, oh, this is so good. This artichoke just artichoke barf, whatever's in this stuff. It's just so great. No, when they had a meal together, they sat down and they talked about the deep things of life. There was teaching that was involved. Somebody would sit down and teach with them and talk about the word of God. They would talk about life. They would talk about real issues. So when he says they sat down for meals, they were doing these things. They were sharing life together. They were sitting there talking about life. What's happening in your life? What is the word of God saying to you? What are you reading in your Bible? You need to find some people in your life that will sit down over a meal with you and say, what is God speaking to you about? I I read this in my Bible. What do you think it means? Because I got no idea. I think it means this. Oh my gosh, I would have never had that thought on my own. So glad I sat down with you and had a meal with you so that we could break open the word of God and talk about this together. You need people. You can't, you can't do this alone. You're not meant to do this alone. These people devoted themselves. These are the things that right off the bat, through the power of the Holy Spirit, these people devoted themselves to the teaching of the Word of God. Fellowship, breaking of meals, and then it goes on and says prayer. And that word prayer is prosuke, and it means prayer and worship, coming together, praying, spending time in God's presence, worshiping the Lord, exalting the name of Jesus above every other circumstance, exalting the name of Jesus above whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're walking through, petitioning the Lord to work in your life and in your circumstances, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your body, in your finances, in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul, in your body at your job, at your university, wherever it is you find yourself, prayer is you seeking the face of God for him to work and to move in those situations. These are the things that the, the church and the body of Christ are called to look like. When the church was birthed, when the Holy Spirit fell, these are the things that the people began to do. They listened. They were devoted. They were all together with one heart, with one goal, with one mind and one purpose. And their purpose, the things they did to achieve those purpose was let's hear the word of God. Let's have somebody open up the scriptures and expound on the word of God and tell us what these verses mean and tell us what God is trying to say to us through these verses. Let's have fellowship 
fellowship. Let's do life. Let's participate in the body work together. Let's do this as one body. Let's have social intercourse with each other where you see my weaknesses and I see yours and you see my strengths and you see mine and we work together and then let's sit down and have a meal and talk about what is happening in life and would it be okay if we spent some time together lifting our hands in prayer and worship to Jesus Christ? Would it be okay if we took some time and begin to give thanks to God for who he is and for all he's done and what he continues to do in your life? People think church is uh, you go there and sing some songs and somebody stands up and talks. You take a nap while they talk. I cannot tell you the amount of people that take a nap during church. You take a nap, somebody talks, somebody falls asleep, uh, somebody does some announcements, there's an offering, and then you go home. That's what a lot of people think church is. I've had a lot of conversations with people about what they think church is. And the common word that people who don't go to church uh, will say about what they think church is, is they say it is boring. (laughs) Well, they obviously haven't heard of social intercourse. (laughs) They think church is boring. (laughs) This is what church is supposed to look like. And here... <laughs> Welcome to church. <laughs> Time number two. <laughs> uh, let me show you. Let's go on this together. I want to show you. I want to show you what the fruit of this looks like. When people get together, when all the believers, guys, I would love nothing more than for us all to show up at church, all together, devoted passionately pursuing, leaving the things that have affected us, that have bothered us, that are weighing on us, leaving those things outside the door, coming into the presence of God and being set apart, set our minds on these things and watching and seeing what God would do, where we devote ourselves to hearing the word of God, where we devote ourselves to serving the body of Christ, to growing in relationship, to sharing meals. Listen, you know one of the greatest things that we're seeing happen, and I love so much, is that people are just hanging out after church longer and longer and longer. And you know why that is? It's because relationships are growing. We're having hot dogs next Sunday and watermelon, and that's amazing. It's a vehicle to use people to have a hot dog and talk about life with each other and grow in their relationships and just show up and worship the Lord and pray and spend time in his presence. That's what church looks like. And when these people were all together and they were devoted to these things, Look what happens. In verse 43, it says, A deep sense of awe, which is reverence or fear of God, not just fear, but fear of God, respect for God. I feel like some respect for the Lord has left. Society. I'm not, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking about us here. I'm talking about society. The fear of God is, is leaving quickly from society. And it says, when these people got together and they devoted themselves to these things, when they devoted themselves to the word of God, and they devoted themselves to prayer, and they devoted themselves to fellowship and eating meals together, when they devoted themselves to these things, and the Holy Spirit was there, it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. You know, one of the keys for signs and wonders is an expectation. When is the last time you came to church, you came into the presence of God with an expectation of meeting Jesus, with an expectation of God working in your life? 
I'm telling you what, if you come to church, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. If you come to church with an expectation of meeting God in some way, you will meet with him. It might not be like flashing lights and clouds of smoke and pillars of fire and, and signs and wonders. Sometimes it's quiet things. Sometimes it's things the Lord says to you. And sometimes it is pillars of fire and clouds of smoke and, and chairs on fire and tongues on. You know, sometimes it is those things. But sometimes, yeah. No. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it is those things. But I guarantee you this. If you come with an expectation that I'm going to come and meet Jesus today, or you open your Bible at home and say, I'm going to meet Jesus today. I'm expecting. I am waiting for Jesus. I am here. I'm expecting to hear his voice. I'm expecting to see something in his word. I guarantee you that he will meet up and show you himself. It says, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in home for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. When you get people together, all together, all devoted, all with the same heart and all with the same mind, all with the same intentions and purposes, and they begin to lean on Jesus, they begin to lean into Jesus, they begin to trust on Jesus, they show up with reverence and awe and fear, you see these things begin to happen, miraculous signs and wonders you see people sharing of themselves and sharing of their belongings. You see people full of joy and generosity. I'm not making these things up. This is what is listed in this passage of scripture right here. It says, they did these things, they devoted themselves to these things, and here was the fruit of what they were doing. Here is the outcome of what they were doing. And it ends off and it says, all their while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Stand up with me. This is what church is supposed to look like. This is what church is supposed to be. People who come together with a plan and a purpose, with expectation of seeing Jesus move, with expectation of meeting Jesus in their life, with expectation of Jesus helping them walk through their life, their problems, their situations. Listen, you know what? I'm not going to ask you what they are, but does anybody here by show of hands have problems in their life? This is me raising all of my limbs, almost. You know, when you come to Jesus, knowing that he is the one who can meet those needs, knowing he is the one who wants to work in your life, knowing he has solutions to your problems, he's right there ready to work. And some of you need to remember that today. Some of you need to remember that God is for you. He's not against you. Come on. Some of you need to remember that God is a good God. 
that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he's not out trying to teach you a lesson, that he wasn't watching you last week when you made those mistakes and said, you know what, I've had it with that person. I'm going to show them how bad they've got to mess up. I'm going to show them what it feels like to be on the outside. I'm going to show them my back. I'm not going to turn around and face them. I'm going to shun these people. Some of you need to know that God is for you every step of the way. And all you got to do is say, man, I messed up again. I messed up again. But Jesus, I want to turn around. I want to turn around and I run back to you and say, I'm sorry. And he is there waiting for you with arms wide open, ready to say, I love you. I forgive you. Let's continue down this road together. Let's move into all my plans and my purposes for you. One word for church to describe it should never be boring. This is a representation of the house of the Lord. Maybe if when you said, I'm going to church, you changed your phrasing and said, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to God's house. Where are you going? I'm going to God's house. What are you going to do there? I'm going to see God. Because church can be an institution. You can say, I'm going to the church, I'm going to the bank, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the theater, I'm going to these places. These are all buildings I'm going to. But when you say, I'm going to God's house, I'm going to the house of the Lord, something changes inside of you about your perceptions, about what you are expecting to receive. Because when I say, I'm going to Jen's house, I'm going to my parents' house, I'm going to this person's house, I'm expecting to meet with that person. Because you don't go to somebody's house most of the time when they're not there, right? You go to somebody's house to go see that person. I mean, you can go to that person's house when they're not there. You always feel weird then, don't you? Like I, don't, I feel like I don't really belong here. Can I touch this? Can I, should I sit in this chair? Am I allowed drinking out of this mug? You go to somebody's house when they're there to see that person. And I guarantee you this. If you begin to switch how you view church, what you believe church to be, and say, I'm going to God's house today. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to talk to him about this. I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to serve Pastor Jake or Pastor Jenny. I'm not going to serve Hope City Church. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve my brothers and sisters. I'm going to spend time with God. I need to go see God today. It'll change how you walk through those doors. It will change how you perceive what's going to happen in the service. It'll change everything for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time together. God, I thank you that you are revealing your word. You're revealing your truth. Father, I just ask that you are opening our eyes, that that the things that you said through me today, Father, that weren't just my words, but they were your words. Help us to have an understanding of what you desire the body of Christ, what you desire church to be. Help us not just to think of it as a building, Father, but help us to see this as your house, that we are coming into your presence, like we're coming into your living room to sit down at a table and have a conversation with you. God, help us to grasp the reality of your desire for a relationship with us. Help it to transform the way that we react with each other, that we interact with each other. God, help it to transform every area of our lives. Jesus, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for all you continue to do. Father, I ask right now that you continue to work both in us and through us. May your kingdom come.
May your will be done. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.